What up, this is your boy DJ EFN. You might know me as a drink champ, but first and foremost, I'm a proud father. I linked up with two of my other dad homies, Manny Digital and KGB, to start the Fatherhoods podcast. Each week, we bring you insider hip-hop stories, parenting, and advice and therapy. The saying is true, it takes a village, and we humorously serve as each other's trusted counsel in figuring out how not to screw up being a good dad. The Fatherhood Podcast. Beats, rhymes, and diapers. This episode of the Fatherhood's Podcast is brought to you by Fly Dad, where fatherhood stays fly. Check us out at flydadgear.com. What's going on? My name is DJ EFN. I'm a Gemini, 46 years old, Cuban-American, live in Miami, Florida. I got two kids, and that's my story. Yo, what up? I'm Manny Digital. 41 years old, father of three, husband of one. I like taking long walks off of short piers. From the Bronx, New York, I'm a father hoods representative. Well, this is how we're doing it. Okay. I'm KGB. I have one child. I'm nomadic by nature, and that's all you need to know. All right, since we're doing the eHarmony intros, I am Derek Lane, a father of four, a husband, and I am an author. Mm. So swipe, swipe left. <laughs> swipe left. They're going to keep it I don't, I don't know which way it's supposed to go. I haven't done it in a long time. <laughs> the one that's probably going to be like, this is too much baggage. <laughs> Yo, so, so Derek, man, thanks for joining us, man. Appreciate you. Are you frozen? Or you just smiled at really oh. good for a long time. <laughs> I think he might be closing. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Or, or are you just showcasing your smile for the intro? <laughs> yeah, this is good. <sighs> come back to us, Derek. Come back. Derek, come, come back to the light. <laughs> I was looking at you like, why you should you screenshot this right. and be the picture we use. Oh, wait, we could. Let's, oh, oh, man. So, there oh, we go. There there we we go. go. There we go. That shit was hilarious. <laughs> now you, you muted, yo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, there, you go. there we go. <laughs> I thought you were striking a pose for, for your intro. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I definitely wasn't that. Oh, man. Uh, well, thanks for joining us, man. Uh, appreciate you. Uh, before we get into everything else, I want to talk about your project just so we can talk about that right off, off rip. Like, talk about the, the book. With The first thing was a track, too, right? Actually, the book came first, but uh-huh. I was like, let's do something different with the book and have a theme song to the book. So that's what came after. Okay. So talk about it. Yeah, talk about it. Let you can't just say what, book the, the and trash. Yeah, like, <laughs> no. let's name it. Let's where can people get it? Yeah. But what's the inspiration behind it? Okay, so the book's titled AJ from Outer Space Town, and it's based on my four-year-old son. He was three at the time when we came up with the concept, and it was just a day that we were kicking it around on the microphone. I, I podcast. I do social media content on the side. So my son always wanted to get on the microphone with me. He was always like, Daddy, can I say something? Can I say something? So we decided to do something like the Bill Cosby kids say the darnest thing. I threw AJ on the microphone. I asked him what his name was. And he was like, I'm AJ and I'm from outer space town. Mm. I'm like, wait a minute. That sounds like something right there. Mm. We might need to do a project. It might be a book. Summer was coming up and I wanted to teach my sons something different. I have three boys and a daughter who's uh, nine months old now. 
But I was like, thank you. Thank you, guys. So I wanted to do something different opposed to just doing the summer camp this year. Things were still a little funny with COVID. So I was like, this summer, I want to teach them about building a project. Mm-hmm. I never wrote a book before. I wanted to show them like, this is how you complete a project from start to finish. We set up a hard deadline for July 29th, which was my birthday. So I wanted them to show this is how we're going to get and find the artist for the book. This is how we're going to come up with the concept of everything. And I most importantly wanted them to see what happens when a project hits a snag or an obstacle. How do we get through it and how do we work through it? And that was the biggest takeaway. And that's what the project was for us. So that's how a, that's a really how, dope idea. Yeah, super dope. How honed in were they on the process? Like, did you keep their attention on it? Were they into it the whole way through? The whole way through, they were into it. Uh, they named the characters. Uh, they were the ones who helped pick the artist who was going to be the one to do the design for the book. And when it came time for the song, I had a I, I, I make music or I used to make music back in the day. So I was like, let me, you know, do something fun and have a track and they could pick the beats and we could talk about whether or not we're going to use this track or not. So it was kind of like a uh, America's Got Talent, but my kids were judging it whether or not we would move forward or not. So, so did you have on. a did you have a like a, a strict schedule like each day? Did you have carved out time where everyone was sitting down or and and making it happen, or was it kind of free flowing? How did you set that up with them? It was free flowing because everything happened so quick with the project. Writing the book really it took thirty minutes. We sat down. We were like, "What do we want to name the characters?" We had a chalkboard and every time they signed off on something, we were like, cool. Then we wrote the story and before we knew it, we had the project done. So everything from that point outside of the creative standpoint was up in the air because we had to get the distributors. We had to you know, get the artist. We had to now meet the timeline with things that were outside of our control. So whenever something came up that we could do, I grabbed them and I was like, hey guys, come on. We're doing something right now because as you guys all know, things never go as scheduled. So we have to sometimes be flexible. And that's what happened along the way with the project. And how old are your sons? Yeah. I have two nine-year-olds and AJ, who's now four. Okay. Yep. Crazy. Hold up. Time out. So you got a pair of twins. Is that? Yeah. Okay. Because, I mean, you could have an adopted son or something else, right? So right, right. you got a pair of twins. And then you and your lady said, yo, fuck that. We're going to have two more. Yeah, that, that was that was how it went down. This, this, Manny's really into that. He's like, yeah, more, more, more. <laughs> More and more. Yeah. Uh, well, we always wanted a girl. And if we would have had a girl from the beginning, we probably would have been done. But wow. we just kept rolling the dice. Boy popped up. Boy popped up. So we finally got the girl on the end when we were like, you know what? This is our last shot. Because actually, when we found out that she was pregnant with AJ, when it came time for the ultrasound, we actually cried when we saw a little penis hanging out. We we're like, oh, man, come on. Do this one more time. That that happened to my boy Rich. He same thing. He was trying to go for the girl. He ended up having twins and and all that, and ended up with his fifth was his girl. Wow. Yeah. So so wild. going back going back to the process of writing the book, <clears throat> you you mentioned like you wanted them to learn what how to overcome obstacles. Yep. What were some? If I mean, I'm sure you had a couple that came up. Like what what were they, and how did your kids react to handling them? The biggest thing or the hardest part was selecting an artist. Because as we always try to teach our kids to be nice and, you know, um, do on the others that we want to do to us, we actually had to go through a process where every artist, when they heard about the idea, they wanted to jump on board. But they had to actually go through a firing process. They didn't really handle it. They were the ones who said no, but the people who were really engaging and they were happy when they got to see AJ because he had to have a specific look. So they got to see pictures of AJ. They got to engage with him so it can come out the way that we needed it to do. 
So they had this relationship with these artists and they were like, well, no, it's not going to be this guy. No, this is not going to be this girl. So we're going to have to essentially turn them down. So that was the hardest thing, learning to tell people no. Uh, and so you, you, you gave them a picture and then you had them draft according to, to what you guys wanted to see. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Okay. It's interesting. That's a dope lesson. We, yeah, um, that is my, dope. my friend, I mean, we, we all, we've talked about it on this pod a few times, just like from the financial standpoint and like the things that we want to try to encourage our kids or, or support our kids with so that we can set them up better than we were set up, you know, as we were coming up. And we were having a conversation in a group chat that I'm a part of today, just around something similar, which is like, what are those foundational building blocks that we want to give our kids in order for them to like, from a financial standpoint, like be in a better spot. <clears throat> and the con and the conversation around university came up, right? Like we were all chatting our, our opinions and it was like, yo, I'm not giving my kids nothing unless they get a degree or like, you know, hard rules that parents have around of how to support their kids. And I'm curious, like just your mindset seems very different than a lot of people that I know personally in their approach to parenting. How do you look at that? Cause my guess is you're likely <laughs> really interested in your kids having a much better, you know, jumping off point than you did. Mm -hmm. how, how are you looking at it from a financial standpoint? Are you one of those people that's going to be like, yo, I'm gonna give you everything or you have some other ideas on how, how to prop them up. Uh, I believe that there's no set standard or, or how to approach it. It's, it's two part, you know, if they find something that they believe in, then yeah, we're going to go for it. I'm going to get behind them because I didn't always have those opportunities growing up to have, you know, full support and the financial backing to be able to support them on their dreams. So if they woke up to me one day and they said they wanted to be a power ranger, let's just sit back and think about how we could accomplish you being a power ranger without me shooting down their dreams, because I want them to be able to accomplish or believe in everything that they set out to do. Whether or not it might not be feasible in that moment, I want them right. to come to that conclusion. I don't want to be the one to decide that for them. So it's like a, a series of exercises that you're doing with them so they can kind of like develop the, the mentality of, okay, this is how I would go about getting from point A to point B. Correct. And, and so for the book, so once you selected the artist and uh, how difficult was finding distribution. I mean, did you self publish? How did that whole shopping process and, and, and what was their kind of interaction with that process? Okay. So being from Miami, a go getter from, from the set, I, uh, I knew somebody who wrote a book prior to me. So I reached out to him. What was his process? And he self published, but he used what was a consultant to help him throughout the process. And she was like, this, these are her fees, reach out to her and she's going to help you through it. So when I talked to her, she was telling me all that what she did, but it was nowhere near that the idea that I had for the book. But along the way in her consultation, she told me the whole process. I'm like, oh shit, I could do this myself. And that's how I got the whole thing going. I did it, um, you know, I did it self-published. And so what, what was, once you have it published, are there physical copies or is it an ebook? Uh, there are physical copies and there is an ebook. Yeah, no, I, ha I have a copy myself. Okay. So when, so let's say when the kids get the final physical copy, what was that feeling like for them? Could you tell that they were super proud about it? What was that feedback? There was so much excitement surrounding it because first the book, when it was released, it's self-published. We just did this on a whim. The book, before they even got their physical copies, there was sales that were happening, you know, just leading up to it. And the book, when they got a hold of it, it was number 11 on Amazon. So that was already a sense of pride that, they created a project 
that beat out all of these other children's books that they had something to do. School was a week away from starting for, for them because it, we, we were going to school in Palm Beach. So school is a week away for starting up for them. And first, um, first day of going through with, uh, God, the, the word slipping my mind right now, but uh, show and tell, the first time yeah. for show and tell. You know, kids are talking about their summer. Some kids went to Disney World. Some kids had a new toy that they wanted to show off. AJ, for him, which was really big, this was his first time in BPK. And he's going to school showing them his book that he created over the summer. And all the other kids in the class were like, we want a copy. We want a copy. (laughs) That's nice. So what kind of icebreaker is that? He's signing the book. (laughs) (laughs) He's He's like, yo, here's the link. Go order yours. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So he's pulling up to his first you know, impression of what school is. Right. And, you know, he, he's, he's a part of a book. He has his own book built off of him. What kind of icebreaker is that for him? So it's done wonders for him. Has that created like a, a hunger, maybe a more passion around creating more stuff? Yes. Yeah. He definitely has that drive. And my other older two boys, they all are creatives. So they always want to sit down and come up with the next project. They're all ready for the next thing because they saw that it can be successful. They saw it through. So now they're like, okay, they have the bug. Let's just go through this again. When are we on the next one? When are we going to make it happen? So they're always talking about it. Actually, right now, the, the next project for them is to do the audible version of AJ from Out of Space Town. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let the two nine-year-olds sit back and narrate the book. We're going to alternate back and forth. And then that's going to be the next thing that they see through. And then you got to do the animated the animated, right. the animated series is coming up. The, the, the short films are coming up. The, it's going to be a big movement where AJ from Outer Space Town is definitely. This, this reminds me of what Luda, you know, alluded to. Right. <laughs> what he <laughs> talked about with his kid and the, and the inspiration behind what he was doing. Like, that's, that's dope. It's real dope. That's a great yeah. idea for a summer project, man. Just, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a great idea for all year. But just in, in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, to... to, to to pin it like kind of pointedly as like, Hey, instead of going, you know, doing X, Y, and Z for summer, let's do this as a, right. as a family. That's, that's, that's different, man. Yes, definitely. And, and when we talk about legacy passing on to our children, this is something that they know that they had a part in. So when this brand continues to grow and reach the levels that we know it's going to be, they have ownership in this. Like they're coming out the gates, you know, entrepreneurs, they're coming out the gates successful in their own rights. That's, that's just going to do numbers for them. Yeah, those those small wins go a long way, and 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 it's building their character, and and it just I'm sure that doing stuff that young and accomplishing those type of goals so young are so beneficial. That you know, I wish we you know I when I was a little kid that my parents were doing that with me. I, yeah, I think about it like from a just a, a mindset standpoint, right? Because there's so how old is AJ? AJ's four now. Oh, he's four. Okay, so then and then you have a pair of nine year olds. So just thinking about their whole experience in this world has changed dramatically than what most kids go through. Right. And so the level of confidence they're coming out of the gate with at this age, because of this accomplishment, it, it will set them on a very different course than a lot of people. Cause now there's, there's a certain element, a pretty big one that is removed from their need to experience. Right. As far as like, uh, not guilt, but like doubt, a lot of the self-doubt that we accumulate over time, this is a really important milestone for them to look back to and say, yo, shit, like, how could I doubt myself creating X or Y when, yo, when I was four, nine, whatever it was, like, I had a hand in making this thing. That's right? also the the manifestation of an idea. I mean, 
Right. Right. You can, you're showing them how you have an idea and then you can actually create a tangible finished product from it. But I, I think what, what Manny's saying is, is so real because when you reach those points in your life of doubt, you fall back on the things that you were actually accomplished. And, and, you know, if you build a, like basically a catalog of these things that you've accomplished, it's, you know, it just builds you up to have that confidence a lot more than the next person does. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. You know, the experiences. Yeah. And it's like you're saying, there has to be a next logical step for this. We can't just have this book right now because if it's just this book and they have this one success to fall back on, you know, that might not help them when it comes time for college or SATs and something they hit a block that they're not used to that they haven't worked through before. So there has to be a logical step as we're talking about the progression of AJ from outer space town and what's next. And we're talking about getting it on a network and we're talking about an animated series. They have to see and work through those much harder processes, which are going to be more monumental than what this process was for the book. So they need to continue to have those wins and they also need to continue to have those setbacks along the way as we build up this process. What, what do you do at a point if, cause that's, you know, you have all these this vision for what you're doing with the project and how it's going to evolve. What happens if AJ decides I'm not interested anymore? Yeah, well, that's the beauty of it. AJ has whatever he has from it. He has his experience from it. This is not something where I'm I'm Joe Jackson and trying to turn him into Michael. From right, it. right, right. <laughs> he could go on and do whatever he wants to do. That's that's what it's all about. That's what the book is all about. That's what the theme song is about. You can go on and be whatever you want to be. There is no limits. Continue to go on your path and what you dream and what you believe. And what he has now, it's transferable. Whatever he decides to do, if he wants to be a UFC fighter, he knows that all he has to do is apply the same principles that we applied during this project. And he can make it happen. I imagine you're at like Nickelodeon all of a sudden about to sign. He's like, eh, I don't want this. <laughs> I want to be a UFC fighter now. <laughs> You'd be like, uh. Okay, let's walk out of here. Yeah, Any other kids? Time. Y'all want to do anything with Nickelodeon? <laughs> real, real randomly, and I'm gonna pick up a copy of the book because I'm always looking for books for my son. Definitely. Um, I'm I'm curious, did you choose like rhyme style or did you choose kind of uh just I don't know, for lack of a better term, kind of regular book writing style um for, for yeah. a children's book? It, w- it was free flowing because when the idea came up that there was going to be a song component to the book, it was just like, I don't need to beat them over the head with rhyming. You know, they have a completely different set from there. I don't I want kids to actually read and enjoy the book and not just go through the, you know, the rudimentary like rhyming just to get them into the book. I want the story to stand on its own. I want kids to develop their own literary literary processes that go beyond just simply rhyming. Yeah. Yeah. I was just curious because I didn't. You know, you pick up a book, a children's book, and sometimes it's, you know, it's either rhyme or it's not. And yeah. I often wonder, like, what what kind of tips the scale and which and why someone's going to create a book that that's a rhyming pattern versus a non-rhyming pattern text. Yeah. And just coming from the world previously as a songwriter, I just cannot write in that state. I know a lot of children's books do rhyming. And they force rhymes and it just doesn't sound right. And I, I just think still true to me in, in my music ship that I, I could not rhyme a children's book. Right. Where, where, do, where can people pick it up? Like, and by the way, the spelling of outer is not your normal. It's O-U-D-D-E-R, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, Spelled yeah. that differently. Trademark purposes, you know, just to go through this whole process of outer. There could be so many different nuance to AJ from Outer Space Town could be somebody like a pizza shop or something like that in, in the middle of Ohio. And I'm not going to get the trademark, but I know no one's spelling it like that. Right. And that was also a lesson teaching them about why we went that way and spelled it like that. 
So where do they, where do people grab it? Like what's the, where's the most beneficial place for people to get it for you? Uh, you know, everyone's on Amazon. So it is available on Amazon. You can download it on Kindle as an ebook version. You can get it at Target, all online platforms for the book. Just simply Google AJ from Outer Space Town, and it's going to bring up all of the platforms and, and mediums where you could buy the book from. And if oh. someone were to spell it Outer Space the correct way, would it still come up? It still will come up. Yep. Okay, cool. Yep. So so let's talk. So you got four, right? Let's let's kick it around. Just some of the other challenges you, you're probably facing as a father or, or maybe Joyce, right? I, I hate to just focus on like the problems of, of fatherhood, not yeah. to scare off. The, hey, man, we're here to vent, man. <laughs> we're here to vent. Let's just keep it real. Um, So you you got three boys and you have your your nine month old daughter. Right. Correct. And so it was a, a long road for you to get your daughter finally. Right. And so you guys are, are blessed to have her. How are you thinking about you, your role as a father now that you have a daughter versus your the role you've been playing as a father to your boys? I had to rewire because I always expected and anticipated having a girl first. And so my mindset um, when we knew that we were going to have boys had to shift because I'm like, I'm going to come in with this soft approach. I'm going to uh, parent them a lot differently. So now that I've gotten the routine of being with three boys, it has to shift again to having a little girl, but my, my mentality of knowing that I was going to have a girl eventually one day, it, it's kind of kicking back in. It, it's kicking into gear. And a, and a little girl brings a certain softness that you don't have to prepare for. It's always in you. I, I know um, most fathers could attest to it. When they have that little girl, there's just a switch that just goes on that they can't explain. And they're just able to parent them differently. Yeah, we, we turn into straight punks. Yeah. <laughs> Manny yeah, wears the ballerina outfit. No, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> my daughter said, yo, put this ballerina off. And I'm like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what's your affection level like with your boys? Uh, affection level with my boys. Uh, those are my guys. Uh, so with that, we have the the greatest bond. Those are those are my, my little men. Those are my little me. So affection level is still great. Even though I wanted to have this little girl, you know, I love them all the same. I love them equally because I got to learn, you know, these little guys are going to gravitate towards all the things that I'm into. Like I, I'm, I'm a gamer. I'm into sports. They will sit down and they will game with me. We all link up. We jump on uh, video games, Fortnite, and we play as teams on, on the video games. And even in those, I get to have moments where I can teach them lessons about leadership because we're playing a teamwork game. I can teach them things about, all right, follow your instincts. Let's go. Let's go this way. So it's just the dopest bond that I never knew I would have with having boys. I th- I, Kay, were you asking more like on the intimacy side? Like, are you guys hugging it out and that kind of stuff? Uh, yeah, I mean that too. I'm just because I, I I know we're, we talked about the softer side when it when we talk about you know raising girls, but then it's also I think sometimes sometimes generally we neglect the need for the softer side for the boys when they're younger when we're raising them as well. Yeah, the affection level is is no different how I am with my boys. Um, it's not that I mean we hug it out. You know, I, I would kiss my guys. I give them a kiss on the cheek, kiss on the forehead and everything like that, because I'm not going to neglect them and think that you're like little pit bulls. Go be hard, you know, go right, out. Right. The world yeah, yeah. And, you know, you're supposed to be fighting. You're supposed to um, not cry. You're supposed to, you know, all these rules that we are applying to young men, that these are the curses that we have to break, the curses I was raised with. So I right. approach them with just a soft, gentle side. But there is a firmness because I am raising men at the same time, too. So just going back between that balance is, is new for, you know, fathers everywhere. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Something that helped my wife and I actually there's there's two books and they're from the same uh, pair of authors, but they there's one for like adults and there's one for kids. And it's called the five love, uh, five love languages. So 
five love, love languages, adult version, and then there's for children. And that really helped us identify what our kids' love languages were. So what is it about, what do they prefer? Because you could be like, you know, it could be physical touch. It could be, kind, you know, kind action. It could be just being in the same room with each other. Like there's all these varieties. And it helped us hone in on what each of our kids' love languages are. And it, I, we saw like an immediate difference, both for my wife and I in our own, you know, relationship, but also with our kids. And it was super helpful. So it's interesting how, again, like the stigma of you're, you're raising boys, you gotta, you gotta toughen them up. You gotta rough and tumble with them all the time. Like my son, he's a hugger. Like he, he loves to be hugged and cuddled with and that kind of thing. So that wouldn't have been normal. I think for me to consider had I not really honed in on like, all right, it's not about me and what I think it is. What is it that he wants or needs? And let me let me adapt. Yeah, yeah. That, that's important because especially individual, the, the different kids have different needs. So that that's interesting. That book, I'd like to check that out as well. Yeah, because even culturally, we, we, we kind of treat all, you know, all boys the same, all girls the same. You know, you know, normally society does that. But I think even culturally, depending where you're from, like you're even more like the macho. You got to be macho. You yeah. know? And, and that's not fair to the individual kids. Yeah, yeah. I, I never thought about applying the five love love languages to to the children, but that's a that's a good concept because the kids are going to show you exactly who they are. You know, we're the ones sometimes trying to change them. Yeah. But they're coming into this world fresh off the box. They have their personality. You know, my two older boys, they're the more affectionate type. They want to hug, they want to feel love, they want your presence, they just want all of the things that you know typically dads would overlook from their boys. I even had my moments. I, I never was perfect with it. Uh, one of my nine-year-olds, Amari, he was into uh, My Little Pony coming up. And I'm like, yo, why are you watching this, man? And I had to catch myself of what I was getting yeah. ready to perpetuate in, in, those, um, in those moments. Right. I've, been, I've been there. And I did the same thing. I was like, nah, let, let the kid be. Like, I have a five-year-old. So my five-year-old my, and my eight-year-old, I'm sorry, five-year-old's a girl, eight-year-old's a boy. And... The five-year-old was like, come play with me. And she's playing with her dolls and all that stuff. And the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, let me just watch. And then I'm like, why am I thinking? Like, that's, I'm I'm, I'm ruining the situation. Like, there's no need for me to go any which way with, with what's happening other than they're enjoying their time together. And that's, again, the societal, the way we, I think most of us were probably raised that are on here right now would tell you that that's probably inappropriate and that's the dumbest shit you know if you sit down and think about it it's the dumbest most ignorant shit you could probably think of in that moment yeah because i feel like a lot of times we we look to confirm that our kids are going to be exactly who they are going to be at the end of the road so when we right. see little things that are deviating from that we're like ah, oh, nah, let's stop that shit right now yeah. and i had to battle with that going through and just let them and be more of a manager to them instead of leading them to be who I want them to be, show me who you are and we can manage your personality and we can go forward from there. Yes. It's, it's fascinating. Cause you know, you, you, when you become a parent, I think you inherently feel like your kids are yours. Like you take ownership over your kids. Right. And the reality is, and you said it perfectly now, it's like you're more of a guide than you are an owner of anyone. Right. Like you they're here. They're going to live their lives. You're just here to serve as guardrails for them to get to the optimal place where they can run on their own. 
and and that that's a mindset shift because I think in you're again you're like conditioning your kids to be like you or what your ideal is and that's really not what it's about it's about like yo like you said they'll show you who they are and it's up to us to understand that and then help them navigate accordingly and, and we're setting ourselves up for disappointment them right. and us when we take that because it's not going to be the situation that we want it to be and then they're going to be disappointed because we're disappointed it's going to cause friction so yep big facts Going back to like the cultural side of things, um, it's funny. You're reminding me of my son. We hadn't cut his hair yet. He's um, he's a year and a half right now, and and, it, and we had we hadn't given him his first haircut, and his hair was growing out. And my girl, she's half Native American, so for her, you know, hair is 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 something like you know, like growing it is is culturally very important. And and the men should have you know, it's okay for them to have long hair. They shouldn't. And when you cut it, it's like I don't know, it's something special. So she was like iffy about cutting the hair. And then my my family, the Cuban family, the women, they're like, you need to cut his hair so he could look like a little boy. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know, know, and then my mom's like talking shit. My aunt's talking shit. And, you know, me, I'm I don't care as much. But then at one point I'm like, yeah, we got to cut his hair or something. Yeah, you get pulled. In both directions. No, but I wasn't getting, I mean, I felt, this is me really, the way I felt, just on some appearance. I'm like, let's cut his hair. It's growing a little too long right now. Um, but just for me, it wasn't about, you know, it looking a certain way for certain reasons. But I was like, let's just cut his hair. But my girl cut his hair because she said that she felt that pressure. Mm. Which I told her that that was whack. You shouldn't have felt <laughs> that pressure. Um, and then she she regretted it immediately. And, and and so I don't know. It's just it, it's not the same as what we're talking about. But you know, just those cultural things and and what is you know what a little boy supposed to look like versus a little girl, yeah. and all of that. It, it you know it's it had me thinking a lot about all that stuff. And I'm like, well, we didn't do nothing to him mentally because he's too young to know. But are we gonna continue down this path where as he gets older and starts to realize, are we trying to mold him into like this macho cute the, the Cuban size? Like he's got to be this macho Cuban kid, you know, boy. You know, where my girl might be, well, this is not, that's not macho in my culture. This right. is macho. Maybe long hair is macho for Native American culture, you know? So it's, it's, it's interesting stuff. Yeah. My son's got long hair and he's all, oftentimes people are like, oh, what a cute girl, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and, and we ask him like, yo, does that bother you? And he's like, no, nah, it doesn't bother me. Uh, and he knows now he'll, he'll check people like, no, I'm actually a boy. but sometimes we say like yo do you want you know do you want to cut your hair and he does not want to cut his hair he loves you know he just that's that's his vibe that's who he is and he doesn't but uh, but he's in santa monica so that that skater surfer look is is all right over there you know yeah true um but i mean the amount of people that will say to him like (laughs) think he's a girl i mean at some point depending on how you're built or if, it, if you care or not, it'll, it, you know, could shift your, whether or not it's acceptable where you live or whatever, you know, it could shift you, but he's, he, he seems to be, you know, in his own vibe. Yeah. So. That's dope. Um, before we get out of here, Derek, um, I, I'm just, so I have to ask is kid number five. No, 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 no. no. Yeah, I got the girl. Like I said, the girl was it. We would have been done at one with a girl. 
don't uh, know, because you could have had the girl, and you're like, damn, she's so dope. Maybe we need another one. Nah, nah, nah. Yeah, we are officially done. We don't need a, a starting lineup for the Miami Heat. Yeah, we, we, we've capped out. No, Manny wants to keep going until he until oh. he's dies. Like, I'm, I'm, yo, if we slip up and have a fourth, I'm not. I wouldn't be mad. See, culturally, I have to say, all my Dominican friends are just like Manny. They all just want to keep going, just keep running it up. I still don't. I still don't really have a reason for it. Like some people might be like, "Yo, I need as many kids as possible, so when I'm old, some somebody could take care of me." Like it's not even on that. It's just it's a I numbers really, game. Yeah, <laughs> for me, it's just like, yo, I just I really someone's gonna be rich, right? Ah, <laughs> uh, so Derek, um, the book is called AJ from Outer Space. Outer yeah, Space Land. AJ from Outer Space Town and Town, Outer. Right. Yep. Yeah. Outer, we spell it differently. O-U-D-D-E-R. Yes. And where can people hit you up if they're interested in talking to you more or just vibing with you? Uh, you can hit me up on all social media platforms. I'm most active on IG. So just hit me up at Derek's underscore Lane. That's D-E-R-E-K-S underscore L-A-N-E. Dope. Yeah, check him out. He's, he's a dope content creator on there as well. So check him out. Yeah, and also, also the theme song, um, yeah. AJ from, for AJ from Outer Space Town, Derek Lane, No Limit. It reached number two on iTunes. It was only beat by Baby Shark. So my kids have a joke now. Whenever I'm walking around the house, they'll randomly start playing Baby Shark because they know that's what beat us. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that's dope. That's dope. Love it, bro. You well, have to come back on, man. Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me on. We're, nah, down to we're, we're down to have a surprise episode anytime when they, you're like, oh, shit, we having a fifth. Like, think of us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't, don't wish that on me. Come oh, on, man. This, yo, <laughs> Manny's out of control, <laughs> man. Yo, yo, listen, you, you get to four, then we, we'll probably talk about it. All right, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. That might be the surprise episode. I'll be like, yo, Derek, come back. Help me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. All, All right, right, bro. Man. Yo, All right, peace, fellas. man. Thank Later. you. Later. Peace. Thanks. Yo, be a father. If not, why bother, son? A boy can make him, but a man can raise one. Be your father to your child. Be your father to your child.